are listening to the Open Nesters podcast. Why be an empty nester when you can be an open nester? Open to new adventures, relationships, and passions, and your aging vitality, spirituality, and sexuality. The Open Nesters podcast, reimagining the empty nest. We're not empty nesters. We're open nesters. Our home, our hearts, our lives are open to endless possibility. Open nesting is so much, just so much more fun. There's so many people to meet out there. There's so many friends to make, and there's so much sexual fun to have. Hi, this is Tessa, executive producer of the Open Nesters podcast. So happy you're joining us and welcoming you to explore your openings in Act 3. This week on the Open Nesters podcast, uh, we have a couple uh, that are in the swinging lifestyle, and they have done the work, the communication, and the hard conversation to get to where they are. Let's hear it from Jen and Gordon. Welcome to the Open Nesters podcast, Gordon and Jen. I am so happy, and we are so happy to have you with us today. How are you? Thank you. Good morning. So- so we heard you guys on Kitty Shambliss's Loving Without Boundaries because you've both been exploring the stage of life, which you have older kids and have been navigating that as getting towards completely open nesters. I know you have one child at home and then a few out and have come together on your second marriage from what you told me. So why don't we go into each of you telling us a little bit about your your situation, your background, where you came from as far as just a couple of minutes on your marriage, your, your firm, first marriage, and why that promoted what you're doing now and who you are now. So Jen, I'll ask you to go first. I had a first marriage that while we were together for six years, it lasted um, about a year and a half married and ended with infidelity on uh, my husband's part. You know, saw greener, greener pastures, what happens, you know, the grass always looks greener when you're not watering your own. But um, it turned out he did me a huge favor because um, this really amazing, handsome man that I knew was ending up single at the same time under certain circumstances. And I found the love of my life. We've been married 22 years. I didn't have any kids. Gordon had two already. And then we have two together. So how do you navigate that? And, and and I mean, did you feel like it was a lot to take on the two kids when you came into that? Oh, yeah. I mean, Instamom, like, holy crap, this is a lot. Um, yeah, it was a lot. Uh, a lot to get used to, a lot to get used to really quickly. Um, I was fortunate that I had a really good counselor who recommended a couple of books for me and, you know, talked to me about how you need to decide what kind of a step parent you're going to be. And are you going to be the per- the one that's all in and um, treat your kids like treat those kids like they're your own or are you and, and everything, you know, she made me understand everything is fine, whichever way you choose um, or the other end of the spectrum. And basically, you know, those kids are your kids and, and I'm just you know, I'm not involved in that. And I, so, love, I love that uh, you went to see someone. I mean, I think that's an important step for a lot of people. So I think even in this journey you're on now, Gordon had discussed that when I had the guys on the phone. So Gordon, catch us up on how you came to 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 Jen. And, and I'll be interested to know how old were the kids when you were got together. 
Well, I was married for 10 years and we had two kids. Uh, it was an up and down rocky relationship. Uh, and because we had uh, a child, the first one was a boy. Um, by the time he was about just short of two, she had moved on to be with somebody else. And uh, I was like, I'm setting divorce papers. We're going that way. And that's what we're going to do. And then within like six months, she's going back talking about how I made the biggest mistake in my life. Of course, greener pastures weren't as green. And, uh, you know, I, I had come from a monogamous family that I grew up in. Parents were the first that they dated and were together. They passed together. Um, so they were never, uh, that was what I knew. And so I didn't want my son growing up in a relationship. And I'm like, you know, I still care about her. I wasn't dating anybody. And I went ahead and went back with her. And we ended up having a, a decent relationship afterwards. It was much better. Uh, and then uh, we went through some different things in life that happened. Uh, uh, family passing and different things. But then we had a daughter. Um, and then... Within a couple of years, she was just turning four and she had found someone else and had been going out for about six months prior to my really finding out. I was working. I was working undercover narcotics. I was gone a variety of hours, but then I had a variety of vehicles at my disposal as I started doing surveillance on her. <laughs> and I figured things were not right and I, I found out. And, uh, well, it, it sounds like that's trust. That's a shattering trust so i'm so curious how you're working on how you start you started working on repairing that i mean that's well it was a it was a hard deal it was a hard you know hard break to come back in and and jen and i had known each other you know not real real closely but known each other well enough that i i was on the swat team with her husband at the time when they were married and we had associated together and our departments were close in proximity and our teams overlapped and uh, I saw what she was going through and I really liked her and I cared about her as a friend. And I saw what was going on with her because her husband was going out and doing the same thing. So I, before I'd ever known anything was going on with my relationship, I'm trying to, you know, console her and, you know, you know just let her know that someone cares and this is shitty what's happening to you. And anyway, uh, when we finally did get together and started dating, I mean, everything's great while you're dating, but when you're starting into relationship life, um, those trust issues, they were hard to overcome for both of us, for me, and then for her dealing with mine and her own issues too. So we had them going in, but she had gotten into counseling and started working really well doing that. I did some counseling, um, and I had some variety of times where we had different things going on in life, uh, traumatic things at work, uh, different things that just kind of piled in on top of life. So I had to work through those and, and Jen, absolutely a diamond never gave me any reason to believe or mistrust or there was never a time that I felt like I couldn't trust her and what she said was factual and what she was going to do and I didn't feel like I had to keep checking up on her and and making sure that she was doing what she said she was I never had that feeling with her and she was very open from the beginning about you know conversation and and you know the, the things that she's gone through and and the, the trust issues and, and very helpful with me coming in from being beat up for 10 years with that. So, so take me, uh, Gordon, to uh, 
the beginning of it. Now you are merging your family with the diamond in the rough that you have just found, Jen. Yeah. And here well, you are together. Our children were, the, the one I yeah. had were seven and four whenever uh, mom left. And uh, within that first year, we, she had been dating, Jen had been, and I was dating a little bit. And then we connected and we'd spent time together and really found that we really enjoyed each other. And at one right. point, uh, Jen calls me and she's, She's playing hard to get, and then she gets on the phone. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to play this hard to get thing. <laughs> I wasn't and playing to hard her. to get. <laughs> I was trying to be. She was, she was just no, hard to get. No, I was just no, trying, to be, trying to be smart. <laughs> I was trying to just sensible not jump into it. another relationship. You know, I was trying to, like, try on some different shoes before jumping into another, you know, full-on relationship. So, but. It re- you know, none of those shoes fit, and I knew it. So I thought, this is stupid. <laughs> I really just want to be with you. So, so now you are together. You decided to move together, and you got you become an instant yeah. mom, and uh, you become a family. Family of uh, how long ago was that? Two thousand and one. That was in so two thousand one. Twenty two years ago. Twenty two years. You were saying, yeah. yeah. So, so to, you're together, and uh, you have two young children, seven and four at a time, or maybe a little older. Uh, Eight and five, uh, yeah. Took the time, and uh, now, how, how how did you get? I mean, you you have beautiful trust with each other. How did you get into the swinging world? You know? <laughs> I mean, who brought it up? How did that happen? And how old were the kids at that time? Were were they still at home, or were they out of the house? Were you open nesters at that time, or has it come late in your life? So catch us up. It was um, very late. Uh, and w- looking back, you know, if you'd asked us even 10 years ago if this is what we were going to do, we'd be like, hell no, we both came from cheaters, hello, um, because right. we didn't understand it at all. Um, so our older two, three years after we got married, ish we had the first of our two together and then two years later had the next one um but there was a big aged gap age gap in the kids so the other two were adults and out of the house before this ever even came up um and the other two were 15 and 13 12 13 yeah about that yeah yeah you know, we just started having conversations about, you know, our sex life has always been good, but we wanted it to be better. And so we were just, I mean, we've always been really good at communication and we started talking about, well, you know, things, you know, what have you experienced and what would you like to experience? And um, apparently I, I thought I had shared with him that when I was like 21 or so that I had had a threesome uh, with two guys, but apparently I had not shared that with him um, or he didn't remember. But so that was kind of interesting. And I explained that, you know, and had this experience and how it wasn't really a great experience at all because it, um, you know, was not, it was definitely um the two people who were selfish and not, I mean, just basically I was a vessel and we were talking about, you know, just different things that would be fun to try. I don't remember how it like came up exactly, but you know, we just started talking about it and then he 
we realized, you know, he had a very limited uh, number of sexual experiences before we got married. He'd been married for 10 years and had very few prior to that. And so it was kind of like, wait a minute, you haven't tried on all those shoes that I've tried on. (laughs) So how could we do that? How could we give you some more fun sexual experiences, but, you know, not endanger our relationship. So we started doing a bunch of research and. Gordon, was that a a shock to you that uh, Jen is coming to you and try to uh, uh, open up your mind to some other sexual experience, not with her? Was that a shock or. No, you know, I think coming from. I think ours kind of organically kind of came about. It wasn't like one of us came with this idea like, hey, I want to do this. And it was just kind of as we're together, uh, you know, porn industry being what it is, there's so much variety out there. And Jen had started listening to audiobooks. So we had a daughter that had a very difficult period. She had some different uh, encounters at school and with a family member that were difficult, difficult for her, difficult for us. And Jen needed to find an outlet for escape. So she started reading and a lot of reading, a lot of reading, a lot of reading. So variety comes up and then she gets into some erotic stuff. And then, oh, so she just kind of segued off into this little avenue of books and audios that she was listening to that had multiple partners at the same time, threesomes and, and such. And she found a little area and she would share those and like, listen to this. And it was fun to listen to. And it was like, wow, what would that be like? And that's kind of, I think, how it kind of organically grew from there to like, have you ever done something like that? And that's where the conversation about her experience came in. And then we're like, well, I've never done anything like that. Not even close. And then sharing a lot more of our background about the things we, you know, when a monogamous couple gets together, you kind of like, I don't talk about all those things that happen with you. You don't talk about the things that happen with me. We start from us and we don't get into the weeds about oh, I'm not enough, or I'm not big enough, or I'm not this enough, I'm not Don Juan DeMarco, I mean, like, I'm not cool enough, or whatever. I'm not worried about it. But we started opening that conversation up and just figuring out, what do you like, and what do you want to do? I mean, I, we do that along the way, but, like, let's try some. And, and the young kids are still at home at that time, right? Yes. Yeah, we started kind of, we started venturing out with them at home and not knowing, and we'd take a weekend away, and we never did anything at home. And we tried to do everything in an area that was away from our own, local community and um as things kind of developed we're like we're traveling all the time we're tired of doing that let's find some people that are closer <laughs> so as that happened so you kinda, find a community closer and you know, where you yeah, are yeah yeah and then yes, we were we meeting with a couple and one of our daughters like who are you meeting with and we're like we're, we're needing to drop her off for yes. school it's immediate we're we're running late already we don't have time for this conversation we'll talk to you about it later and then immediately once we pick her up, she's like, okay, who were they? <laughs> so yeah, there's okay. always one that includes a Kids know all of our friends. So it's interesting. So how have you been navigating that? How have you been navigating now that they're even older teens and one of them probably almost ready to leave the nest yeah, again? Back, so, backing up a little bit, um, about a year prior to her asking these questions, early into the process, I get a call from her at school. And she's like, mom, I was going to download this app and for school. And I went into the, you know, family sharing plan. Thanks, Apple. Uh, She could see the already purchased apps. And so she's like, dad has an, dad has these apps and it's a, I think it's a dating app, mom. And it's like, 
talking about threesomes and she was terribly worried that he was cheating on me. And so I'm like trying to quick, quickly think, right? Exactly. I'm like, oh, honey, 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 you think he's cheating on me? No, 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 no. We had been helping out with um, background investigations for for a time with our one of our local police departments. And so I quickly was like, oh, no, no. he just downloaded that because that's part of the background stuff of checking up on the people that we're, we're, we're looking at. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, you know, because we got to check people to make sure, you know, what, what all they're up to. And and then I didn't feel really good about that. I felt as I was talking about it, I felt yucky about lying. And and then so I kind of changed this, the conversation a little bit and said, you know, and then we kind of got curious. And she goes, curious? And I go, yeah. Do you want to know more? She goes, no. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> so that was about a year and a half or so uh, prior to the conversation in the car. But who are you meeting? And I, it was so bad because I'm not a good liar. I never have been. And I'm searching frantically on my phone because I can't remember their names under pressure right now because we've never <laughs> met them. So, so it was just, we had, at, prior to this, we had gone through Kitty's um, coaching class and there was a, a psychologist that has studied um, non-monogamy and kids that came in as a um, guest speaker and we talked with her at length and she said, you know, I think you should share, share it with your kids. I think you should let them know that this is occurring. So you're not, you know, feeling like you're living a lie and hiding something because kids are perceptive. And I thought, okay. So then when this came up, we talked on the way back from lunch and we was like, just, let's just tell her. And and we did. did. And how long ago was that? You think approximately about a year year ago, maybe. How old? How old was she? Seventeen. Year, year and a half. Yeah. And how? And how did she accept it? She was like, "Okay, so how does that work?" You know, she asked a little bit about how it works, and then um, she just kind of left it at that. And a couple weeks later, we decided. You know, we already told her we should probably tell the other one, um, who was. 14, almost 15 at the time. Well, maybe she was 15 because she was in freshman year. And we told her and she was like, okay, you do you. But wait a minute. Are these people going to like try and make me do my homework? (laughs) So it's like, no, no, I think you're confusing polyamory with you know non-monogamy and no we're not you're probably if you ever meet these people you're never going to know whether or not they're um you know sexual partners or just friends so so that was you know a conscious decision you guys made it sounds like and gordon would like to hear from both of you about that like a conscious decision that talks about what is it we want to do and what is it we want to bring into our lives emotionally so how did you navigate that well we kind of talked about it I mean, we really did talk about it a lot about what it is we wanted to do, what the framework of this is going to look like and what it is we wanted to bring into our home. And I think polyamory wasn't really on it. In fact, we didn't even know anything about polyamory. In fact, when we got into this, our eyes were wow blown open by all the things and all of the different types of relationships and connections that people have and the different um, likes and dislikes and, and kinks and things that were Wait, what? I mean, we had met a couple that were 
polyamorous and had multiple partners and lived together and we're like, okay, now how does that work? We even had to ask. Right. Right. And so we really, as we went through these and, and found there were these things, these things were, we went back and we're like, what is it you want out of this? And it's not really, I don't think this is what I want. And I think because of our background, particularly, I mean, wanting to make sure that we are connected because we don't want anything to come between the two of us. How do we want to navigate this? And we really kind of defined what it was that we wanted to do and what we wanted to have as far as these relationships. And we found connections with people that there are some that you connect with that you're like, man, I really like that person. And you really find a strong connection with, but then you have to navigate, how is that going to look? And we come back and we talk about that. And, and rather than, you know, we just keep going with this relationship and letting it flow. We're going to talk about how that is. And we're going to put boundaries on it as the, what we agree to. And I know that we went through with Kitty talking about us both being autonomous people. And, you know, that was a lot of work to go through all of the thought processes that she presented. And even though, yeah, she's an autonomous person and I'm an autonomous person and I can make my own decisions and she's going to have to decide how she goes along with whether I want to do that or not, I can still do that and choose. We still come together as our union, as the, as the, the pinnacle point of our relationship comes first. And all this yeah. is secondary. Well, well, for 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 the benefit of the interv- of the interview, and of course the uh, the audience, we came from a swinging background ourselves, fifteen twenty years ago, and we kind of quickly migrated into the polyamorous uh-huh. um, uh, methodology, so to speak, and lifestyle, if you want to call it that way. Uh, but it was a transition, and and when you speak about a lot of communication. You know, we talk about a lot of those communication, and uh, for us, it was a transitional. And uh, as our kids matured, you know, we now can do more in our house. Now they're out of the house, and we have an open nest, as we call it. We are the open nesters, so we were able to bring in uh, our partners to our home. We were able to bring those parties uh, of people uh, of the like-minded people to our home without having to fear on it. And we had to come up, uh, come out uh, to our children at one point or another and tell them mm-hmm. what this mommy and daddy are doing. And uh, I think that they accepted it uh, pretty well, but it was a transition where we become open nesters. Uh, we were able to uh, come out a little bit better uh, when they are still part of our daily routine. If, if you right. Yeah. Saying. So mm-hmm. when, when you speak about communication, we went through all that stuff and we had to progressively get comfortable with every new date, with every new scene, mm-hmm. with every new uh, opportunity that presented. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys about obstacles like along the way, if things happen that you had to really there were breakdowns because and let's talk a little bit about sex as well. I mean, what, what, what are some of the things that you realized you loved along the way by opening yourself to what, it, what else do we want in our lives? One of the things that I discovered in this um, adventure that we're on, we just, you know, we just started out and just go, we just want to have fun and we don't want any emotion involved whatsoever. And then we quickly realized, wait a minute, 
we want to actually just at least like these people as humans. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're not they're not just sex toys. Warm sex toys is a way to look at it, but also we and we looked at it and and decided we want to have some friends. We'd like to have a group of friends with benefits and um that's what it's kind of evolved to for us. The thing that I've found sexually that really um, is different for me that I've never had before is that I don't, I can just be free to enjoy the moment and not be looking at it as a performative thing that I'm not um, I've, you know, matured to know that it's okay if I don't climax, I'm having a freaking great time. And uh, to help, you know, partners understand that that's not necessarily the goal for me, because I've never been somebody who who easily climaxes. And I guess once, I don't know if it had anything to do with it, but once I let all that go, um, it just made it more fun. And I've suddenly in the last um, two years, year and a half, all of a sudden I'm a squirter. Who knew? (laughs) I don't even know where that came from. Because you let go. Um, They say it's because of letting go. It's so great. I love hearing Uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I peed. It was weird. It's still weird and very messy, but (laughs) but it feels good. So, So Gordon, you must have been like, whoa, what's coming out now? (laughs) I mean, about, you know, about who she's becoming. How is that for you? It was awesome to, to, to grow through this with her. And I think, like she said, we had this, we initially like, oh, we're just going to go in there. We're going to have people we're going to connect with and we're just going to have sex and we're just going to do this on our own. And we're not going to, we're just going to like, I mean, you walk away, you know, they like high five and we're gone. And no, it's, it's a lot more connections with people, the friends and the development of like-minded people being around you. It's become a lot more fun. We noticed years ago that when we started having children again, my two older kids had us in a group of friends that were very like us, had kids the same age. When we started having kids again, that pulled us out of that category. We didn't have those friends anymore. Those put you in a different category. Yeah, we were in a bunch of most of the people around us had no more. Those kids are grown and we're still having little babies and kids growing up. And we have responsibilities with those that our regular friends don't. So those all kind of went by the wayside. And we had a, a, a smaller, different group of friends, and, and they were younger. And, and then it's just the connections were different. And then as we're retiring and moving on to different life parts and stuff, uh, it just, it just, there's a lot of distance that grows from those relationships unless you're really close and connected. But this has gotten us to have a whole different segment of people that we've been able to to connect and connect on a different level. It's, it's been fun and interesting to go to a party with somebody, you know, an extended group of people that we would do associate with on the vanilla side. And like, we can't talk about all the stuff we're doing. People ask you, what have you been up to? We're like, um, things. Same old, same old. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Yeah. It's fun because, you know, we both have come to a point when in these interactions, we're you know, like, she said, being able to just like let the other stuff kind of go. You got so much going on in life and things that are happening all the time, but you get to go and have this kind of fun. We get to put that all aside and just focus on this activity and this fun and this 
this thing we're doing together and with these these friends and people that we're coming together with and it's just been it's been refreshing it's been fun it's been exciting and again along the way continuing to check in with each other and and be cautious concerned about each other not so much that we're putting a damper on each other's mojo or direction or uh, excitement or anything like that and and trying to be careful of not doing that we did have some hiccups on the beginning where right at the beginning as we got started i had seen my wife for you know a decade and a half closing in on two where that this is the person i know i've never seen her look at anybody else with any other interest or anything to where all of a sudden she has gotten this oh my god let me have it let me have it let me have it and she is diving in and I'm seeing a different person and I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, this is taking me aback a little bit here. Where are we? And, and I'm having to check in with her and, and talk about some of the things that I'm seeing. And then of course the feelings of all the crap from my previous marriage came up that I thought were gone. I dealt with and they were like past and we're like, that's, that's been dealt with. It's gone. But those jealous feelings and those, those insecure feelings came rearing back. And for a few months, I, I went on a weight loss binge, not because I wanted to. <laughs> it, it just developed, and it was hard. It was hard for me to develop, and we and I said I, I'm going to have to step back for a little bit because I needed to get figured out what the heck is going on with me. It's nothing she was doing as we were talking about it, and I'm watching her and having the compersion to watch her enjoy and find the thrill of all of this, but it was it was taking me aback still. And I wasn't. Well, it, it 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 is a progress that one has to go through, and it's not instant. Uh, it's uh, the road to this invigorating feeling that you get, the excitement of going with a group of great friends to a party uh, that you all think alike and enjoying the same uh, the same activities. It is that road is is uh, feathered with. Uh, a lot of communication, a lot of ups and downs, and finally you kind of like two step backwards, three step forwards, and then you get to where you are, where you are, start being comfortable with everything that's happening to you. And I truly, truly uh, identify with what you're saying, Gordon, because personally I went through the same thing. And I'm curious to know that now that your um, your, your your youngest kid is about to leave the house. Would once you be without kids in the house, or as we call them, you'll be in the open nesting stage. Would that change your life whatsoever? Would that uh, have your activities difference? Yeah, I think it will. I mean, it's we, in what way? Well, even now, I mean, we're we've become more comfortable with having people over to the house where we just have just a regular, just a kind of a gathering. We had a couple came over for Christmas right. dinner with us and their family because one of the one of the people that she is uh, Ukrainian has been in the area for just a short period of time we've gotten to know her through a local group of our like-minded people and a lifestyle group yeah. and she was home by herself for Christmas she had nobody there so we're like you need to come over so we had her there but right. the guy that she's been seeing that we also know he ended up coming back into town from his extended family group that he had been out with, and uh, he came too. And 
it was a great time. They added to our family's conversation and group and, and assimilated very well within just the regular vanilla culture. And we've had a couple of different times where we've had people over just, just to have them over. And, you know, our kids are seeing people that they don't know, or they're now meeting. And now because they do know, they, they have an idea. And our oldest daughter, she's like, are these friends or are these friends with quotation marks <laughs> on her fingers? And, and like, so, so you see some, I know potential. We don't know. We'll see, <laughs> you know, not sharing so, too much. So you but. see some opening that uh, you see some opening that's going to happen uh, once the kids have continuously left the house. How about you, Jen? Do you see a different opening in that stage of life that where you all of a sudden have more time, perhaps uh, more physical space? to explore or less reporting to are those friends yeah. <laughs> friends type of a thing um it's it's hard for me to imagine at this point because the one thing that uh we we did prior to this which now looking back on it damn it that was short-sighted um we have a mother-in-law apartment for that my p- parents live in <laughs> so it's like damn it this is this was a bad plan so we don't have nearly as much privacy as we would prefer, but I can see opportunities to have, um, you know, small, playtime. small, uh, yeah, a little bit of playtime here and there, just ha- going to have to be strategic about it um, and maybe invest in some curtains <laughs> for the back door. I don't know. Well, it's- and they are aging too. So that, that is a reality that is, I mean, we have no idea what the future is, but yeah. We know that that, along with our kids moving out. Yeah, part of the openness. Yeah. That's a that's a real reality. I just love the sweetness, just to finish up, because we're going to say goodbye. But I just love the sweetness of the secret that you almost have in the out, outer world. It, like, you could feel it. It almost has, like, this sweet sensation between you. And I hope and encourage that this is what people can find at this stage of life. And I and it's a delight. And it's a delight to meet you both. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I have to admit that, you know, uh, Having come from a uh, disappointing marriages, to say the least, uh, both of you seem to be very connected to each other. You seem to be that you've done the work to enjoy the road ahead, so to speak. And as I mentioned, it's, it takes effort. I know that Tessa and I had to go through quite a bit of uh, discussions and communication. Breakdowns, breakthroughs, and, uh, breakdowns, breakthroughs. breakthroughs. Uh, to get to where we enjoy a full polyamorous uh, life today. Uh, so I know and I appreciate the effort that you have put in and, and it shows. Uh, it doesn't come without effort. If anybody thinks that uh, they can get into this and enjoy the fruit uh, without any labor, it doesn't oh, work. I, so, but it's yeah. very obvious that you I are. I wholeheartedly um, agree with you. Um, podcasts and research and kitty books. books and kitty's coaching course was absolutely um yeah. vital and so, essential to what to yeah. the growth that we've made uh, but just that being open and, and yearning for information led us to understand that we really needed to do the work and and unfortunately we've seen you know we've seen couples that haven't made it through and you know, it's yeah. it's sad, and I'm really glad I mean, that we're doing the work. I'm it's not, 
Yeah, it doesn't fix any relationship. No. It's it has to improve. It's no. uh, if it's broken to begin with, it will continue to be Absolutely. broken as it is. Gordon, uh, do you have anything to advise our listeners that are listening to this podcast uh, and um, may be listening right now and thinking about opening their relationship, perhaps to swinging to Polly at this stage of life once the kids have left the house? What would you tell them? I would say, you know, just there's a lot of interests out there that develop and a lot of conversation that needs to happen between a couple that is going to do this and a lot of openness of open mind, because even in the uh, avenues of learning what I like and what I don't like and developing interests in things that I did not think I would, um, you know, just becoming a little more bisexual in myself and that she absolutely loves it. She, she's into it. And I can see that being a hurdle in a relationship where it's like, hold on what you, what, and, and just being able to have the communication and the openness to, to allow things to progress, but do converse and talk about and expect that there are going to be hiccups. And there are going to be times where you maybe you need to pull back and regroup and talk about and figure this out and before you can both move on and realize that both of you aren't going to move on at the same level at the same time. Because right. one so person is true. moving forward, wow. going great, and everything feels great. And the second person is like, oh, man, I'm having a hard time here. Can we back up here a little bit? And then the first, you know, the one that's really not struggling, realize that and support the other. Because that is where the divide can come in very quickly. And that's where love grows, is, is knowing the difference and knowing how to support each other. So we could see your love growing. And I, I really admire how you've represented this. And um, and I really thank you for your time today. Thanks for having us. Well, occasionally, Tessa, we get a genuine, real people on the Open Nesters podcast. They are the people next door, the neighbor next door, and so genuine, so honest, so open, so vulnerable. Don't you think? I love this interview. Yes. And, you know, the idea that they can go through their process and share it with others and and know that we can overcome issues of trust because people have been traumatized and here they are open in in a loving way to what's their future. Yeah. And what I'm trying to say that they are the neighbor next door, that the swinger or the person involved in open relationship or involved in an ethical non-monogamy or polyamorous. It's not a stereotype of any kind. No. It's, it's anybody. It's, it could be the nurse that is helping you in the emergency room. It could be the uh, the plumber that come to visit to your house or even uh, the doctor that uh, see you in, in, in the clinic. It doesn't really matter. It could be anybody. And it's uh, for everybody. And, and when we're speaking to them at this stage, I you know, just like you and I have gone through and, and, and we'll often say... Just we have to stretch. We've stretched our agreements after these years or after years of process. There's also no guarantee. And we we want we also are committed to each other. And yet we always say there's still a risk, just like there's a risk in monogamy. Absolutely. There's always a risk for every lifestyle that you're getting to. And I just want to touch on the communities. Community is so essential to the preservation of that type of a lifestyle. We, for example, Tessa. 
We don't have a community of poly people around us. We have to go seek it, uh, you know, 90 miles away. Uh, and I remember in the swinging lifestyle, when we were in that lifestyle, we saw how people get so bonded. They are friends with, uh, with the people that they play sexually with uh, in and out of the bedroom. Uh, yes, I we did notice that. that, and right? also I remember that there were you know people that ended up splitting up and getting married to each other because it is hard to have a division anyway, and so it is important continuously to communicate. And as far as community for us is interesting because it is nice to see that people can do that. I don't. We could say it's essential, but we have actually been able to make do because we're more remote without that. They're on the West Coast; they have a, they have a much more open correct, community correct. around them. Right. So everybody finds their way, and yeah. if you want to, if you want to ask any questions of of us and what we're doing, you know, feel free to write to reach out to me. I'm I'm, I'm happy to have a discussion about this or to help you with our resources, which are on our website about how right. you can find out more therapy polyamorous sources. We had Dr. Tammy Nelson on this month, and she's actually an open relationship therapist. And then obviously Kitty Shambliss and her Loving Without Boundaries podcast that they discuss. And again, we're not endorsing one lifestyle or another. Or we're not saying that one is good for the for you. You, you as a person, individual couple, have to make your own decision. What's good for you in the open nesting stage? Absolutely. Regardless of that, as Tessa mentioned, we have so many resources on our website. Please visit us at theopennesters.com. Double N in the middle, S at the end. We'd love to hear from you, and please subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe, follow us on social media, and continue to share with your friends to open more minds and hearts. Truly. Till next time, this is Amir. And this is Tessa. And we will see you on the next episode. Ciao. You have been listening to the Open Nesters Podcast, a production of Kiwi Publishing and Media. Executive Producer, Tessa Crone. Music by Yoni Avi Patat. Audio Engineering by Lucid Sound. Web Design and Blogs, PJ Ewing. This podcast is available on all podcast platforms. To learn more about each episode and guest, please visit us at theopennesters.com. For questions or to be a guest on our podcast, email tessa at theopennesters.com.